Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Morning to you, hawkfanatic.com, brought to you by Patrick Eads, his great staff. Uh, but Tyler's uh, working, working there, too. Uh, as the sales manager, I think he's sales manager. I don't want to usurp know. anybody else's authority. But I do not know. It, yeah. My son, when I asked, uh, you want to work here, uh, went to Colorado. Um, probably wise trucks. Well, it's a slightly different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I Different told, path. I know, but he does research and. You know, just imagine the research he could have done on the people. He's not a here. not a radio guy. Yeah. Well, I always got uh, Molly. She's a radio gal. Yeah, she's a radio gal. Uh, anyway, Deary Brothers Ford on Mormon Trek. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Some people have said I'm not a radio guy. Have they? <laughs> I've heard it. Well, they were uh, wrong. They're mean. Uh, Mike's E Keys for cars. Good seeing Mike. Yeah, he's here. a good guy. Uh, GT Car, his crew at Supel's Building and Remodeling. Supel's Flowers, home of 1 800 800 Rose. The Midtown Family Restaurants. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, 101, South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. The Sanctuary Pub on South Gilbert. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. The Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas, Streets Maintenance, Wild Rose Casino in Clinton, Dirk Sterner Taxidermy, and Dr. Lance Forbes Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Uh, Pat's running a little late, but here's Suter and uh, Coach Don Patterson. Well, Coach, good morning. How are you doing today? Tom, I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, good to hear. Uh, well, it's always nice to talk to you after a, a big victory, and um, this year has really been something with all all of the injuries and all of the drama throughout the season. Yet here we are as Big Ten West champs. Your thoughts? Well, you have to say this is one of the more memorable seasons we've had in recent years, or for that matter, even over the last 50 years. One of the more memorable seasons. Uh, had to deal with a lot of adversity, a lot of 
unfortunate injuries, a controversy in terms of officiating against Minnesota. And yet here we are standing at the end uh, as undisputed West champions. And you heard me talk about that a couple of weeks ago. We might be able to afford to lose a game and still make it to Andy, but the conference doesn't deserve that. You know, they deserve the best possible matchup, and we've given them that. And uh, that's something we can all be very proud of. Well, and I think uh, with the game in Lincoln coming up Friday, we can add uh, a double-digit to 10-win season uh, to give the league an even better matchup. Yeah, that's true. We're not we're not done yet. Uh, let's face it. Yeah, you know, I, I said two weeks ago, I said we need to show up as a 10 and 2 team, and we we haven't guaranteed that yet. We're guaranteed to at least be 9 and 3, but 9 and 3. I hope the mentality on part of all the players. 9 and 3 is not good enough. Let's be the best possible representative of the West, which means that we win the conference uh, Western Division going away. That's what we need to do. Well, and uh, not to be—he's uh, not going to be the Davy O'Brien Award winner, but uh, Deacon Hill has sure so shown some great progress here in the last two or three weeks. Yeah, he threw some better balls uh, again on Saturdays than he that he'd done in previous weeks. He's he's starting to understand touch. You know, it's nice if you can afford to. And a prime example, you know, we threw a lot of passes against man coverage. Well, the thing that quarterbacks have to understand, it's not about velocity. It's about location. And and they can start to understand that. If he can take a little pace off the ball and make it a little more catchable, that's a real help to those receivers because they got somebody that's at least going to try to contest the catch. Somebody's going to hit them a split second after the ball gets there. And so it's nice if it's as catchable as it can be so that we can make a clean catch and have a chance to put it away before the contract. And uh, it looks like Caleb Brown has developed into uh, a featured receiver for Deacon. Uh, What do you think about his progress here as well in the last couple weeks? Yeah, you know, he was was, um, um, deemed as a disappointment by the average fan, of course, during most of the season. But he kept his head down and kept working harder, and um, and he finally got an opportunity against Northwestern, and then of course an even bigger role against Rutgers and against Illinois. And and let's face it, right now he looks like uh, certainly one of our most valuable players. Uh, and when we're talking about receivers, I have to add another name into that mix, and that would be our sixth-year senior Nico Ragini. Uh Nico is a money player too. He made a lot of key catches, of course, uh, that were absolutely necessary for us to be able to win this game. And and even when we had, on that last drive, we had third and five, I believe it was. Let me check my notes. Third and four, third and five. We threw a slant to him, and he caught it in traffic. Uh, it was a contested catch, but he still hung on to it. And that gave us, of course, a new set of downs. And then it was third and four. Yeah, third and four on the plus 49. Key catch by Nico on the slant. He gained nine yards on that play. That took us down to the 30, of course. And, and um, I'm sorry, it took us to the 40. And then the um, holding against against um, Brown, against Caleb, our receiver, we ran a double cut, which was a good decision to make. We needed to try to make another chunk play. And the uh, defender held him. The flag flew, and that gave us another set of downs on the 30-yard line. And, of course, we know what happened next. Our counter uh, for 30-yard touchdown, we'll talk about that play 
as this thing unfolds. But I know you want to talk in greater detail maybe about some of the earlier moments too. Well, there were a lot of, of course, big moments in the game. And you're talking about the last drive. One of the biggest plays was uh, Caden Weijan's punt return to uh, really improve our field position there and give us a chance to get it in. Absolutely. You know, um, Illinois done a good job of making this play on a long field pretty much all day long. Of course, we did the same favor to them. We gave them a long, long field too. But that it couldn't have come in a better time. Uh, this was a punt that didn't have quite the hang time that it needed. So Weechin thought the right way. He thought, I'm going to fill this one, and I'm going to make something out of it. And it was a 16-yard return, and it gave us fill position on the minus 46. At least that's what I called it, the minus 46. Might have been officially the 45. But the bottom line, we finally got to start a drive out toward midfield, and thankfully we did because that gave us an opportunity to drive down for the Wayne touchdown. So, Don, the team they're going to be playing in the championship is going to be 12-0, and probably ranked in the top two or three. No one outside of, I mean, Iowa fans, the hardcore fans are going to give Iowa a serious chance. The point spread's going to be massive. My guess is Iowa's going to be insulted all the way leading into the game. There's already people saying the West shouldn't be allowed, all this stuff. So do you give Iowa a serious chance of winning this game, uh, the Big Ten championship game? I don't know how you define serious chance. Uh, I certainly give us a chance, Uh, and I'll say it for a couple of reasons. One reason, you always have a chance when you know how to play defense and you know how to excel in the kicking game. And, um, uh, you know, let's face it, honestly, would you rather have a great offense or a great defense? In terms of consistency and winning, you're probably probably better off choosing a great defense because a great defense, of course, always gives you a chance. Mm -hmm. A great offense... It can go a long way, but what do you do if you turn the ball over three times? You know, now you're now you're in trouble. You know, even if you have a great offense, if turnovers bite you, then you're going to lose. You know, because it's hard to outscore people when you turn the ball over. No, that's a good point, and I know the players say that they don't pay attention to the outside noise. But if they're a massive underdog going into this game, they're going to be aware of that, and I think and they will be. I, what do you think the spread's going to be? Well, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I just saw they put out some hypothetical point spreads from one of the uh, you know the betting services 21 and a half that's kind of was michigan and of all ohio state was 21 you know why the half point difference i wonder well i know one thing i think i win the points i promise you i i think i would but i just go back to two years ago i mean Mm. we were saying all the same stuff and then they just went there and laid an egg i don't know i don't think this team will and I do think they're going to play Michigan. The game is in Ann Arbor. I, we've been saying all this time that it's in Columbus. And, I mean, they were, um, they were saying Saturday that it's in Ann Arbor. So we've been, yeah. uh, we've been saying yeah. all year that it's in Columbus. But, yeah, it's in Ann Arbor. So I just can't, even without Harbaugh on the sideline, I, Ohio State's defense is good, but I just don't think Ohio State's quarterback is good enough to win up there. But, I mean, either way, they're going to as great as Iowa's defense is, they're going to be facing a team whose defense is as good or better if either one of those teams make it there. So it's going to be – is Iowa going to have to play the near-perfect game to win, do you think? Well, I do think there's no way we can win if we don't win on turnovers. You know, we have to we have to find a way to win on turnovers. I don't doubt that we're going to be able to win on field position, and I say that largely on the strength of our special units. Um and I know that Drew's had a couple of, for what he would consider, off days. 
but I still like him better than the other kicker in the Big Ten. Uh, so I feel good about our kicking game. I feel good about our defense. Uh, offense is always going to be a challenge for us in large part because if it's Michigan, they also have an outstanding defense. Oh, really good. Uh, and Ohio State's defense is, I think, the best I've seen with them in the last yeah. uh, maybe as much as 10 years. You know, So they're both outstanding teams. I was going to look right quick at the analytics from those two games last week. Um I, Let's see. My thing with uh, Michigan is just if there's anybody that can run the ball on Iowa, it's going to be Michigan. I mean, they seem to run the ball on everybody. Yeah, yeah, I do like Blake Corum. He's a really good back. I think that's one one of the very best offensive lines for sure in the oh, Big Ten. If what, not, yeah, if not in the country. Looking at Michigan versus Maryland, Maryland made it interesting. Of course, it was a one score game, but if you look at the parameters, uh, top ten parameters, uh, Maryland won two of them. Michigan won four, five, six, seven, one tie. So, you know, it was clear cut that Michigan should win the game with the way they dominated uh, statistically. And then um, Ohio State, let me check real quick. Ohio State was completely dominant over Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota did not win any of the top 15 parameters. Wasn't the final, give you an example. Wasn't the final score 38 to 3? 37 to 3. 37 yeah. to 3. You know, I didn't think Ohio State's quarterback played that well, and I'm not convinced that he's a, a game changer, but they probably don't need it. But but um, it's going to be interesting, though, because they're, they're, Iowa's going to take a lot of shots going into that game. I mean, I don't buy that. I mean, these people saying that they should be embarrassed for winning the West, that's the stupidest Ridiculous. narrative. I mean, somebody has to win the West. Why not be you? I mean, be your team. I mean,. I mean, I, well, then I, we have a chance. We have a chance to win it convincingly. Yeah, with one more win. Yeah, and I, I think they're going to win. Nebraska's. I mean, they, they're not very good. But I say that every year. And Nebraska beat them last year and almost beat They've them. They've been three close years. games. So would I? If I would, I be surprised. It just. I just hope they win this game because if they don't, it's just going to fuel this narrative about the West, the Big Ten championship game. Be it's just being a joke, and I don't. It's going to be annoying having to deal with that all week. So hopefully they'll win uh, that just to shut those people up. Yeah, the Nebraska game is a, a classic example of. Strong defense versus strong defense. You know mm-hmm. that's their strength, is their defense, and and the question really comes down to which defense can can take full advantage of the opportunity to go against an offense that's uh, not as consistent as as uh, the other side of the ball. You know they're gonna. We certainly don't know going in. They've had a tendency to turn the ball over. It's critical that we win on turnovers. If we don't. And that's a missed opportunity for us because mm-hmm. we should win on turnovers. That's what the the numbers on the entire season would tell you. Mm-hmm. So if we don't get that done, then shame on us. Well, um, what what I like about this Iowa team, it just fit. I mean, I Iowa and Illinois look so evenly matched Saturday. They look like two teams that could play a hundred times and they'd win fifty each. But Iowa won that game. Iowa Minnesota was the only time where they haven't won. All these West teams to me seem so similar. And yet Iowa has yeah. found a way to win most of these games. But Iowa's not head over heels better than anyone in the West. But they have found a way to win these games. And I, I, I think that has something to do with the culture. And, you know, you've got to give them credit. To me, it'd be easier if they were just markedly better than all these teams. You can easily explain how they're winning. But they're not. And yet they're still finding a way. I didn't think Iowa looked that any better than Illinois Saturday. No. But they found a way to win. You know, I think it's a compliment to, to Kirk and to Iowa I think a lot of the Western Division teams have decided 
the right model for winning is Iowa. Uh, and I'll give you an example of a team that's not even in the West that tried to play us that way, and that was Rutgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were very concerted with their calls early in the game, uh, third and five, third and seven, and mid, uh, across midfield, and they're running the ball. And you're thinking, well, that's a surprising call. They, they thought they might get a first down, of course, but they were prepared to be happy to punt the ball, make us start a drive inside the 10, and hope that we could turn the ball over. Uh, and hope that we would turn the ball over, I should say. And as you know, we had that one bad turnover at the end of the half, but at least it didn't uh, cost us in terms of Rutgers being able to score. And uh, I think a lot of the teams in the West have decided, you know, the Iowa formula is a good way to win. Not very not very flashy, but it's effective, you know, because we don't beat ourselves. That's exactly why Rutgers has improved their status. Uh, they play a lot like Iowa does. So do you and, think? Uh, that's, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. I'm just going to say that's that's fundamentally that's what Nebraska's tried to do, and it hadn't worked out simply because they haven't figured out how to protect the ball on offense. So the fact that they've already won the West, do you think that'll help them play better Friday, or do you, they'll be more free? Maybe loose? so. A year ago, as you know, we had to beat Nebraska to be guaranteed to go, and we failed to do it. And you might argue that the pressure's off now. We're already going to go. So now let's just let her rip and, and let's see how well we can play in, in preparation for a really tough assignment one week later. So then does the pressure shift to Nebraska because they need the win to uh, become bowl eligible? Yeah, I think so. Let's face it, they, they've had that as a goal for a long time. It looked like they were destined to certainly be a bowl team with the way they were playing up through Game eight or nine, I can't recall. Yeah, I think exactly. they were five and three at one time. Now they're five and six. Yeah, yeah. That last win's um, hard to come by, isn't it? Well, when I was watching, they had Purdy in it. Are the I don't even have the other quarterbacks hurt, or are they just playing so bad that they're not? They had um, Chubba Purdy in playing quarterback the other day when I watched, and he looked terrible. You know, I haven't uh, I haven't seen Saturday's game yet. That, that overtime game against Wisconsin, I do have it copied. I'm going to look at it next day or two. But um, uh, I did hear somebody comment that, that they found their quarterback, and it's Chubba Purdy, a guy wow. that we're very familiar with in terms of uh, another quarterback from his same family. Yeah, I only watched the end of the game, and he looked terrible when I watched. I don't know what he did before that. Jeff Sims couldn't hang on to the football. He's very athletic, but he's a turnover machine. And that what's his name, Heinrich Harsberger? He got hurt. Didn't yeah, he? he. I believe he got hurt, but – yeah, I mean, if Chubba Purdy's their answer at quarterback, well, I'll have to wait and see because I've never seen him play very well in limited time. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with with um, the other quarterback you just mentioned. Harsberg, the, the yeah, Heinrich Harsberg. Yeah, I, I, I've, he's a good runner. He's strong, and he can he's make a plays. He's strong guy. He seemed like he generally makes good decisions, although he did throw an interception, as I recall, uh, not too far back in time that cost him dearly. That was that Maryland game. That Maryland won with the last second field goal, and you might recall they were in the red zone when he threw a pick. Uh, I believe he threw that pick at the end of the game. Maybe I'm wrong about who the quarterback even was because it has been musical chairs at quarterback, and they've given Sims every opportunity, but he's the most likely to self-destruct. Yeah, he just can't hang out on football. So, uh, Coach, going back to the the Iowa-Illinois game, uh, what were the analytics like for that game? Well, I'm glad you asked that because I will share them with you real quickly. Uh, Let me look here. 
In general, we dominated uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. We got we won nine of the top fifteen parameters. You might think that means they won three. I'm sorry, they won six. No, they didn't. They only won three. So we had three ties among those analytics, and one that you're very familiar aware of probably would be turnovers. Uh, no turnovers on the part of either offense for the day. And that was a little frustrating, of course, because I know that Castro certainly has one he wishes he had back. Yes. Uh, that's a ball that could have certainly been a pick. But let's not forget, Illinois had some chances for picks also. Oh, God. So yeah, oh, my kinda, God. Yeah, they kind of even that. I was, I was nervous as I could be with some of those throws that were made because uh, there was somebody in close proximity and, and um, it wasn't it wasn't all Deacon's fault because I don't know that they expected to see a cover that we used to, a coverage that we used to call a call man free robber. And let me explain what man free robber is. You know what man free is? The free safety's playing deep. Incidentally, he played too deep, and we'll talk about that here in a minute on that thirty yard touchdown run. But they had him lined up at twenty yards or maybe even twenty two yards at times. He's clearly the last line of defense. And uh, with man coverage underneath, his job, of course, is to be able to double any kind of deep throw down the field and be able to contest a ball that might be tried to throw over the top of press coverage, tight coverage. But here's another thing they showed us. They, they actually played some man free, and you would think, well, that means a five-man rush, right? Because you're covering with five guys underneath, and then you got a free safety deep. That leaves you five rushers. Not necessarily. There's another way to play. You could rush four and leave that middle linebacker, a guy lined up in middle linebacker position, leave him as a robber, an underneath robber, uh, a guy that can see the quarterback's eyes. And if the quarterback looks to throw a slant route, there's a time or two where that guy got really close to getting the ball. Uh, thankfully, he didn't quite make it there, but he was close. Uh, so that's another way to play. And the other thing you can use that extra defender with is simply have him spying on any quarterback that might run. Now, they weren't worried about Deacon running, but that's another reason to play that particular type of defense is to have the, that linebacker there as a spy for any possibility of key draw. Uh, incidentally, we saw a 12-yard flush by Deacon that was a key play in the yeah, game. No it sure was. Yeah. Here's what I mean by how even this game was, though. First downs, Illinois 18, Iowa 18. Total offense, Illinois 280, Iowa 281. Um, um, Penalties, Illinois 6, Iowa 6. Average yard per play on pass, Illinois 9.8, Iowa 8.8. Punts inside the 20, Illinois 2, Iowa 2. I mean, it was just, and yet Iowa found a way to win. I mean, that... Yeah, even on field position, there wasn't a whole lot of difference. Let me look here and I'll just give you round numbers. Illinois average starting on the 24-yard line. We average starting on the 28-yard line. Uh So four yards is, you might say four yards is insignificant. It's not insignificant because it might be the difference in being in field goal range or not being in field goal range. Here's another one. Third down conversions. Illinois 5 of 15, Iowa 6 of 16. Now, one area where Iowa did... And to me, I think it was big possession time. Iowa 33-58, Illinois 26-02. Iowa held yeah. on to the ball almost eight minutes more. I think that mattered. Yeah, I think the def- I think their defense got a little bit gassed uh, as the game played out. You know, we seemed to be stronger at the end of the game than we were certainly in the third quarter. I think that was a little bit tied to the fact that they were on the field sure. longer than they wanted. Here's another key in the game, and we rose to the occasion. We talked about it last week. Illinois had 14 explosive plays against Indiana. 
This game, they had a grand total of two. Mm-hmm. That happened to be exactly how many we had, two apiece. Yeah, no, it was... It's another I, close statistic. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, Our two were a little better than their two. Let me explain why. Ours were both super explosive plays. One was 31 yards. That was to Caleb. Or in the half that flipped the field. And then, of course, the 30-yard touchdown. Uh, Illinois is too explosive. They had a 32-yarder to Williams early in the game. Nice play on his part. And then a 20-yarder later in the game also to Williams. That guy's an explosive player. He really and is. And we did a, a good job of trying to stay with him. But they just target him a lot, and he's he's productive. He's a good player. Uh, and um, we did a, a, a good job of, of at least doing what we usually do, eliminating big plays. We did a good job of that. They they managed to get two on us, but our two were better than their two. So, Don, who would you rather face as a fan, or as a fan or a coach for Iowa to win, Michigan or Ohio State? Who do you think they match up better with? Well, in some ways, I'd rather play Michigan just to have a chance to get even for two years ago. Uh, but I, I, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think they're both going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, let's just think back – uh, two years ago, they embarrassed us with how the game played out in Indy. And then only one year ago, of course, we were embarrassed with how the game played out in, in the shoe. So yeah, both those yeah. teams have had their way with us in the past two years. And uh, even last year, did we? I can't remember. Didn't we play Michigan last year? 27-14. Yep. yep, we did. That's right. And, the, and the, I do recall the game very well now because the game really wasn't as close to the score you recall, of course, I think we scored on the last play of the yeah. game, maybe something like that. They scored late. Yeah, so they dominated us. They both had their way with us even a year ago. So it'll be a – and I think that gives us a, uh, at least a psychological edge. You know, uh, they're the ones that are supposed to win, not us. No, that's and, a good, that's uh, a good point. There's some pressure that goes with that. There's some pressure that goes with that. Now, so, now if Michigan wins – winner. Go ahead. I was going to say the winner of Michigan Ohio State this Saturday uh, has has got a an easy ticket to the playoffs, provided they get by Iowa. So there's some pressure on them. We, you know, it's not going to affect our bowl status. I don't think either way the bowl set bowl game will be set before we play. I'm, I would suspect, and uh, maybe not. I don't know how the bowl people make their choices, but but let's just say this: the pressure is going to be on. The winner of Michigan Ohio State because so, that's a ticket to the playoffs. So do you think that will? Iowa. Do you think that will prevent the these either team from taking Iowa lightly, or is that just a stupid narrative to think that anyone's going to take a championship game lightly, regardless of the opponent? What do you think? Well, I think I, th- I first think about the difference in the two teams. Uh, I think Michigan has an edge on maturity. They have a lot of older players in that lineup, mm-hmm. so I don't think there's any way Michigan will take us lightly. Um, simply because, you know, those players have been through the wars more more so than Ohio State. Ohio State's got, when you look at their average starting lineup, I'm pretty sure they're a younger lineup. Still a very dangerous football team, of course. They may be good enough to win at Ann Arbor. Uh, but truthfully, I think a lot of people have pointed out already, uh, even when, a, when Ohio State goes to Ann Arbor this weekend, the pressure in so many ways is going to be on Ohio State. Because let's face it, Michigan's playing without their head coach, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and let's not forget, if you coach at Ohio State, you need to beat those guys up north more often than not. And the last two years, of course, Ryan Day's over too. 
Yeah, his record is incredible. It's like fifth. I mean, he's hardly lost, but he's lost two in a row. To, it's amazing, really. And so and I think a lot of Ohio State fans, if he loses again, will probably want a coaching change. That's just the culture that they have there. It's So, Har- okay, let's say Michigan wins Saturday. It's, the championship will be Harbaugh's first game back. That's going to be a huge storyline. How much will that impact what happens on the field in Indy if it is Michigan with Harbaugh coming back? I don't think very much at all. Okay, I don't um, either. Yeah, I think I think you know the coaches, the coordinators, um, they get some input, of course, from Coach Harbaugh. You can bet on that. All the big decisions the head coach is going to make, just like same for Iowa. Of course, Kirk is the one that's going to decide whether to go for it or not, whether to uh, go for a long field goal or pooch punt, those kind of things. Incidentally, I do think that Brett Bielema made the right decision to go for it on fourth down. I do too. Late late in the game, uh, and we've talked about those situations before. A lot of people would say, well, let's let's punt it and let's get the ball back after we know Iowa's not going to take chances with their possessions, so we'll get it back. Yeah, you'll get it back, but you'll be out of timeouts. You'll have a long field, and you'll have a lot of real estate to cover in a short amount of time. Odds are not good. The beauty of converting, if they could have done it, now at least the clock would not have been much of a factor mm-hmm. for them on their last possession. Uh, but thankfully... Uh, outstanding defense. Uh, my gosh, you know, what a great job. Uh, on, on Joe's, Joe Evans, I love Joe Evans for how he plays. He, you know, he epitomizes Iowa football. Here's a guy that's not supposed to be good enough to be even on the field. At least that's what people would assess a few years ago. Joe's not just out there. He's out there and making a difference. Uh, incidentally, hats off to the defense. Like, whoever heard of 13 PBUs in one game? Uh, and some of those, of course, were involved our D-line, just simply understanding. They knew one thing. Joe's a smart player. He knew the ball's going to come out quick because they've got to make quick throws to be able to uh, probably a slant route, you know, a chance to run out after the catch. So I'm going to have a hard time getting home with a pass rush. But I know one thing. I'm going to be prepared to have my hands up. Uh, just a great job of recognizing where the quarterback's likely to throw and get his hands up. You know, Brett announced earlier in the week that Altmaier was going to be Just back in the front. Of, that. Was that gamemanship? Because Altmaier never even warmed up in the game. I mean, I, he was dressed. But do you think that was Brett just trying to maybe make Iowa second guess or whatever? Or do you think that maybe something changed during the week? Because he announced on either Monday or Tuesday that they were going back to Altmaier. Yeah, good question. Um, I'll just say this. I wasn't surprised to see Paddock out there playing, regardless of the announcement. And I don't know what what the expectations are with those, uh, you know, weekday announcements of starting lineup. I don't know what kind of contingency is supposed to go with that. But it did not surprise me to see Paddock start the game. Uh, having said that, it would not have surprised me to see Altmaier relieve him. But truthfully, I thought Paddock played okay. Yeah, I, did. Yeah, I thought um, he was all right. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of a lot of balls that were well thrown. We simply had tight coverage, and we had any number of passes that were broken up simply because the receivers did not have much time at all. They had to make a really clean catch to be able to put the ball away before we were coming in to break it up. That's a good point. Any number of really good aggressive play by the corners. Uh, And I I do feel, obviously, they went after Deshaun uh, in general uh, more so than our other corner. Uh, But I think both those guys, I think Harris did a good job, and really Lee did too, a good yeah. job too, of really, of really battling. You know, really trying to hang in there and make plays. They did break up some, 
some pass receptions with contact uh, shortly after the ball's been touched. Uh, they competed. That's really all you can ask them to do. Neither one's as good as as uh, number three. We understand that. Cooper's exceptional. But both those guys have a lot to be proud of. I'll tell you what, though. Can, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, that can be said for everybody that was that had any significant snaps out there on defense. They all competed and competed hard. Same thing for the guys on offense. Our offensive line, let's face it, they control the line of scrimmage when it mattered the most toward the end of the game. Uh, how about four-minute offense? Uh, you know, Brett thought he'd at least get back on the field some, at some point, uh, but our guys had other ideas. And how about how about um, uh, our number jersey number two doing a good job? You know, he didn't get a lot of snaps over the last couple of games, but when we needed him late in the game, uh, he came through. He ran hard. Uh, let's hear it for our counter. That's one play. Even if they know it's coming, they have a hard time, hard time stopping it. Um, and this is a good time. Let me talk about the 30-yard touchdown. Something for you to think about. Uh, I, I couldn't help but notice when they play man-free, for whatever reason, Illinois does it with a really unusually deep free safety. You might have noticed that, how mm-hmm. deep he played. He was 20-yard depth or maybe even 22 on some snaps. And uh, I just thought it was interesting that they lined him up so deep. And here's where it came up to bite him, I think, was on the touchdown run. Yeah. And here's why. Once once Caleb broke the line of scrimmage, uh, he was effectively out of the gate, if you want to use a Kentucky Derby term. He was out of the gate, and he was running. And as you've heard me say before, he's got deceptive stride length. He's a little bit faster than you think. And sure enough, that deep free safety gave him plenty of time to get out of the gate and get up to speed. And at that point, he misjudged his speed. And Caleb never got touched by that free safety. He simply ran away from him. And then after the game, when Caleb was asked about it, he said, I mean, uh, the hole was huge. I mean, he ran through a massive hole, but then he said he looked at where the free safety was. That's when he cut right. And I think everything you're saying, I think he, Caleb saw it. He said he saw green. He w- he looked to see where the safety was. He reacted to that, and boom, he was gone. I mean, it was yeah. it was a very impressive play. And I give him credit because, I mean, he's probably – been frustrated at times this year because I mean all three of these running backs have played I mean Caleb started the year as the starter lost the position I mean he was down to number three but and Kirk made a point of bringing that up he made a point of bringing up that Caleb Johnson and Caleb Brown both could have easily pouted and kind of checked themselves out this year but they didn't they stayed the course and they were rewarded for that and that's a tribute to both of them yeah let me brag on those three running backs for another reason and I'm indirectly bragging on their position coach the one thing I'm sure of is Liddell Betts has made those guys understand this is not all about you. Mm-hmm. This is all about our team. And here's my point. When you see a guy be taken out of the game, and, of course, he rotates them. In general, they, if we have an eight-play possession, they, in general, a couple of backs share those eight snaps. You know, a guy's in for three or four plays, and maybe then he's out. Uh, and, you know, Liddell has his reasons for when he pulls a guy. But the thing I appreciate seeing, I never see a guy with that bad body language exactly right. that says, why are you taking me out? You yep. never see that. They understand it is not about me. It's all about how well we can service the team as a group of three running backs. I've noticed that same thing. In, like J.J. on Patterson, there's times where he'll go in and then he'll he sprints so far fast off the field when he's coming out. To me, that's a great sign. There is no, like, shoulder shrug. Or, oh, God. Well, he comes out, and, yeah, that's a tribute to all three of those guys and to Liddell. I mean, they've, 
they they seem to really like each other. Now, would I be surprised if one of them hit the portal at the or end of this year? No, of that's that's the world we live in. But for now, in this moment, they are all playing. They seem to be playing team first football. Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't think much of them if they didn't aspire to have more snaps. You know, that's, sure. that's what competitors they want to play. But they understand uh, we are a three-headed monster, and and we're not a monster, of course, but we're a pretty darn good uh, team at running back. Those guys are all above average, and uh, and that's really all we can ask them to be is be the best best version of themselves. All three of them are doing that now. Don, I don't want to put you on the spot, but there's been a lot of talk about Brian's wardrobe the last two games. He's not wearing Hawkeye. He's wearing Iowa colors, but he's not wearing anything with Tiger Hawk or Iowa on it. I mean, people have asked me what I think about that. I haven't really given it much thought. What what are your thoughts on that? Some people have said that's petty, that's been whatever, but, you know, I can't put myself in Brian Ferentz's shoes. I mean, but there's been a lot made of Tom. You've heard it. A lot of people are talking about it. The last two games he hasn't worn anything with Iowa, like Iowa attire, just the colors. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, somebody asked me about that since since uh, I think since the Rutgers game. I think, uh, and my, my comment was, "Are you sure that he hasn't maybe worn some kind of gear without a logo on it in one of these earlier games?" I don't know. I wasn't even sure it was intentionally done. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe it was. You know, people look for stuff like that. I wouldn't read anything into it at all. The one thing I'm sure of is that Brian has been focused on calling the best game that he possibly can. And he's done a good job with his play calling, especially in these last two games. Yeah, and I think you could tell by the way they reacted. Those play- I mean, one of the first players to come up to Brian when the game ended was Cohen Entringer, a defensive back who I don't believe was recruited by Brian. He came up and gave him a heartfelt hug. They were both crying. and a lot. I mean, I think you could tell this team, could they be rallying behind this a little bit? Well, I made the comment when, when Brian's announcement came down. I said in, in a strange sort of way, this might be kind of liberating to the team. Yeah. Because, and, and for that matter, liberating for Brian, too, because Brian knows, okay, now, you know, people can be critical if they want to, but but um, we have the chance going forward to still be the best version of ourselves. I have a chance to become a better play caller than than I am before, and that's what every play caller should desire to do. It's be better as each game goes forward, you know, be better the next week than you were the last week. Uh, Brian's done that. He's mm-hmm. called his best games the last couple of weeks. And um, hats off to him for doing that, for understanding it's all about the team. I've got to send the team off the right way. I know I made the comment to Kirk a while back in time, right after the news about Brian broke. I said, here's my goal. And I think I think like most Hawkeye fans, I just want us to win out with these last four games and then give Brian a chance to return to Indianapolis for one more appearance in that championship game. And I'm happy for Brian, happy for the team, happy for the coaches that we've gotten that done because that's a great way to finish an outstanding career that Brian's had associated with Iowa football. I'm talking about as a player and a coach. Sure. And what's interesting now, too, is the fire Brian Ferentz stuff has now been shifted to fire Beth Getz. I mean, I I can't believe how much of that I'm getting on my ridiculous Twitter feed and I have emails. There, like, she's got to go. She's in over her head. She's, you know, I, a lot. Of, and I've said I did not like the decision to do this in season. And I have been told by people that it was going to, it was not leaked. That this was her plan. I don't think that was the right strategy to do it. But I don't have. I I do see why she made the decision. But man, there's a lot of fans now, at least from what I can tell, that are upset and they want her fired now. I mean, what do you what are your she thoughts on that? Cancel culture at work. 
What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it. I think it took a lot. First off, we don't even know for sure. Was it was it Beth's decision or somebody above Beth? I don't know. Uh, if it was her decision, it was certainly a bold decision. I find it hard to imagine that she didn't have a lot of input from the university president, maybe exactly. from the board of, mm-hmm. board, of, board of trustees, maybe from you know some huge influential fans that have contributed a lot of money to the program. I have no idea uh, what kind of input she had. Uh, but I don't doubt for a second that there were people above her pay grade that, that voiced their opinion, too. And I find it hard to believe that she would be defiant in going against their wishes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's none of my business, and I, I simply don't know for sure who might have ultimately made this decision. I am aware of this. Our, our president, when she was over at Illinois, I believe she was vice president in charge of athletics she at was. the time. And, and she did fire an agent. She did. And I... I think it was, for what I've heard, it was her decision to make a change in leadership at Illinois. So I just give our president credit for being a person that's not afraid to make tough decisions. She certainly made them as a vice president over at Illinois. Kind of hard for me to imagine that she didn't have some input. Again, I don't know that. Maybe she didn't voice her opinion at all. Uh, it makes, as Coach Roberts said, it makes for good coffee talk. That's about it. Well, that's interesting you say that because I've been told by last couple of days that Beth wasn't necessarily the one pushing to do it during the season, but that Barbara Wilson's like, let's do it now. Let's just get it done. And the quicker, the better. That's what I've been told. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've been told that by a couple of people that Barbara Wilson was the one that said, do it during the season, whether it's true or not. The, the problem is we'll never know. I mean, no. we'll never know yeah. the truth. And I will admit this, uh, all the chatter about, about, um, the drive to 325, all that died off, of course, at that point. Yes. We were the, we were the butt of a lot of jokes uh, in the sports world about uh, how the offense was struggling and all that. And that was uh, that was a nuisance, I guess you could say. I, I don't think it affected the team much at all. Uh, if anything, they were more determined to find a way to win it, regardless of what our struggles might be on offense. Uh, but I, I just, uh, and like I mentioned, it seemed like in a way, uh, it, it just gave us the freedom to, to be bold and, and adopt the attitude. I, I don't really care what people think. Let's just, let's just stay united as a football team. Mm-hmm. Let's just focus on our mission and let's find a way to, to, uh, and continue to improve on offense and find a way to win these games. Even if it's ugly, it still counts. There are no style points. You've heard me say yep. In getting and in getting to Indianapolis, there are style points involved with qualifying for the playoffs, maybe. But if you get to Indy, you just need to win more games than anybody else in the West, and we've done that. So, Don, how tough is this for Kirk having to balance being a head coach and a father in this thing? I mean, because I, I think I'm, it's got to—I think it's got to be really difficult. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, it's a tough position to be in. It's—it's it's one that, that of course. Um, uh, happened primarily because Kurt wanted it to happen, and we all understand, uh, you know, wanting to help your children to pursue their goals in life. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, hats off to Brian for having a passion for football just like Kurt does. So, um, you know, it's it's worked out as well as as well as they could make it work out. I'll say it that way, uh, and um, um, and we're rewarded with. Um, Another championship appearance. We're rewarding with a record that all of us can be proud of as as fans and, for that matter, as coaches and players. Uh, 
I'm not just talking about a one-year record. I'm talking about a 25-year record. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, we have a lot to be proud of because we're a model of consistency. Uh, would we like to have more points and more yards on offense? Of course. Uh, but, you know, defense always has something to say about that, too. And and uh, it's difficult to... It's difficult to be great at all things. We're trying to do that, but the teams that do it are the ones that are in the playoffs. Uh, it's hard to be great on both offense, defense, and kicking. Uh, but two out of three is not bad. Yeah. And we've been able to get that done in recent years. I'll tell you, this is one of my – I've covered a lot of senior classes over the years, over 30 of them. And this is one of my favorite for lots of reasons. I mean, they've won 40 – if you go – I mean, well, first of all, it's unique in that they've got fourth-year seniors, fifth-year seniors, and sixth-year seniors in this class. They had to deal with COVID. A lot, I mean, they they had to, and a lot of these guys were here when the racial stuff broke in the summer of 2020. That they've had to deal with that, and yet they've still won two division titles, and they've been a part of 43 victories. That would have been more, but the one season was shortened. Of course, they've done a lot. This senior class, some play, some go all the way back to 2018, but they've been through a lot. And then you know they have a 26 year old punter who's now regarded as the best punter in program history. No disrespect to Reggie Roby. I mean, they've got a first-year starter at middle linebacker who's leading the cu- country in average tackles per game. I mean, there's just yeah. so many great stories in this senior class. Yeah, let me bring on Tori here for a minute, too. One thing that might have gone unnoticed by a lot of people on Saturday, but it, I certainly noticed it, couldn't help but notice it. Uh, he had another productive day, but here's what was different about this game. Did you notice he had a few traditional punts? He mm-hmm. did. Yes, mm-hmm. he did. He absolutely did. Why do you think and that I was? Think that was that was good to see because you've heard me say before, uh, and let's face it, the, the, the backwards spinning punt is an advantage when you're trying to kill a ball inside the 10 because sometimes it's like a nine iron in golf. You know, it just backs up sometimes and makes for the perfect punt. But let's face it, if you're talking about flipping the field, uh, and, and for that matter, you've heard me say, into a strong wind, I would actually favor uh, the traditional punt because the ball – you know, it bores through the air better into the wind, into a strong breeze. But several times uh, against against Illinois, he punted in a traditional way. I remember a couple of them were 53 yards with great hang time. Uh, you know, we're sitting there waiting for the ball to come down, uh, and they have no choice but to fair catch it. You know, so the net punting of 53 yards is hard to find. There are a lot of guys that can punt at 53, but invariably there's some return yards involved too. Uh, and Torrey had several punts that were 50-yard-plus with great hang time, and I believe at least two or three of them, two for sure, maybe three of them were traditional punts. And I think that's only going to help Torrey, too, for the pros because the pros are going to want him to be able to demonstrate that he can spin the ball off his foot, and he he certainly reminded everybody that he can do that. And I I don't doubt, uh, I don't know what, I know it's going to be cold in Lincoln, uh, but if there's a strong wind, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he goes with a traditional punt into the wind. I'm looking at Joe Evans' stat line from Saturday. I mean, he only had four tackles, but he had one. He had Iowa's only sack, and he had uh, one. He had half of Iowa's three tackles for losses, and he had they had 13 pass breakups. Jamari Harris had four. As a cornerback, you would expect that. Uh, Joe Evans had three. Yeah, amazing. A good way to describe Joe Evans. He's got the heart of a lion. He does. He, he's, uh, he is relentless with how he plays. 
Uh, and, he, and let's face it, too, he's also earned so much respect from his teammates. And deservedly he's so. Seen him, but notice he's one of our most vocal leaders. Yep. Uh, and those guys are listening to him because he's been through the wars. Uh, he's defied the odds. You know, nobody would expect that Joe Evans was going to be able to play the way he's played as an edge rusher for us these past couple of years. And you said earlier, and that's the same thing I wrote in a column yesterday, he epitomizes Hawkeye football under Kirk Ferentz. He's a former high school quarterback from Ames and a linebacker who came here as a walk-in. And I well remember um, his high school coach was Bruce Vertman, and I grew up with Bruce. We, we went to junior high together. And we, we went to different high schools. I went to Dowling, and he stayed at Hoover. But I remember when he committed, I remember Bruce telling me, don't write this guy off. He goes, he, he goes his heart. And he mentioned all that stuff. But he also said, he goes, he's got a motor that doesn't stop. He understands football. And he said, he goes, I think they can put him 30, 40 pounds on his frame. Everything Bruce told me back then has come true. And I, I, I remember when he said it, I'm like, okay, that'd be cool, but you're obviously a little biased. But everything Bruce told me on that phone call I had with him has come true about yeah. Joe Evans, his high school coach. Yeah, let me brag on, on this, too. You probably know this. Uh, his dad played for me here. Yes. And you don't, you don't necessarily remember. The average fan doesn't remember Spencer that. Spencer Evans, right? Yeah. Son of Bob Evans, uh, a great football coach. Uh, so that family's got football through and through. Uh, and Spence was a guy that wasn't good enough to play any kind of significant role here uh, on Saturday, but he was a very valuable teammate because he was a, always a really good scout team quarterback. And I'm proud to say I had the privilege of coaching Joe's dad. And uh, and let's face it, isn't any surprise to me that Joe turned out so well? Not really, because I know his dad. His dad's now the principal at Cedar Rapids Prairie, I believe. He was at yeah. Tipton. He was. A, he's getting closer to Iowa City with every move he makes, but it's a real good story. And I wanted to go back to Weechin's punt return because that punt return was as good as any Cooper DeGene. I mean, it was a Cooper DeGene-type punt return because, Don, how many tackles did he break and how many defenders did he elude on those? That was not an easy 17-yard punt return. Yeah, you know, can remind you a little bit of Tim Dwight. He does it a little you bit, know, he's, yeah. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's, you know, he's just a he's just a, a package of muscle. That's what he is. You know, he's a lot like Tim in that regard. Tim, I, I don't want to I don't want to short shorten um, I don't want to short Tim here with this comparison. Uh, Tim's got more explosiveness than 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 Weechin does. Uh, but that's not to say that Wish is not explosive. He's explosive. Uh, Tim was also explosive, of course, with his speed and quickness. Uh, but Wichin is a wonderful representative. I did hear some people say, uh, you know, don't be surprised if Wichin breaks the putt because he's dangerous just like Cooper's dangerous. Uh, and he proved it on that particular play. That was a key return. That was 16 yards of field position that we needed. Uh, he gave it to us, and that made that drive a lot simpler to only have to go 55 yards rather than 70 yards plus. I mean, I could argue that was the play of the game in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously the 30-yard touchdown was huge, but I just think when he when he made that punt return, I remember looking to Dallas in the press box saying, "I they 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 got a chance to win this game. That was huge field position. It just seemed like it lifted the bench. And the fact that he did it without did it in Cooper's role. I think it kind of showed the team, yeah, as great as Cooper is and as much as we need him, we can survive without him. It just seemed like it sent a real powerful message. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. And and uh, let's not forget, to a, a really good description of this football team. Uh, and this is what good teams do. They don't, they don't flinch. They don't blink at the end of the game. Uh, they have a chance to win the game 
they they take full advantage of that opportunity. We've done that in any number of games. Let's just flash back to the fact we talked about our defense versus Iowa State. Remember that last drive? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a one-score game. Iowa State has a chance to win the game with their last possession. Uh, no, I don't think so. It's four and out. You're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had somebody else that had that same opportunity. They were also four and out. I can't recall who it was now. Who would it have been? Oh, boy. There was another game between Iowa State and between in between last Saturday. And here's another example, of course. Uh, Illinois still got plenty of time. Matter of fact, they gained seven yards on first down. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, and then it, they had second and three. Uh, we hit them in the head for a one-yard gain, as I recall. Brings up third and two. And right then, even though there's still plenty of time, Illinois thinking, we can't get it on the ground. we got to throw it. They throw it on third and two. It, it, it gets batted down. Uh, by number 13, and again on fourth down, the same damn thing happened. Yeah. So my point is our defense, no less than three times this year, has gone on the field having to having to get a stop, and they've not only gotten the stop, they've gotten it on four downs. No, you're right. That's uh, impressive. I mean, really about the only time the defense hasn't come through, to me, the defense's biggest pitfall was the first drive in the third quarter against Penn State. That game was 10 to nothing. Yes. Iowa still had a chance, and Penn yep. State just shredded them by running the ball. That's about it. That's about the only time it seems like this defense hasn't risen to the occasion. So, yeah, no, it's yeah. been a – and that's why I wrote a column last week. I think I think Phil Parker deserves the Broyles, the Broyle Award this year as the top assistant. He's never won it. But, see, Don, I think lots of times it goes to offensive coaches with huge, big numbers because that's what sells and what have you. But, man – to overcome what Phyllis had to overcome with the offense and injuries and whatever. I mean, I just think he's done an incredible job this year. Yeah, here's another stat to think about. We know about scoring defense, of course. But here's an impressive stat to me. How about how about this? We gave up a rushing touchdown for the second yeah, time in, a, in eight games. Incredible. That's impressive. Uh, and, and, and for that matter, what's another impressive stat? Here's another impressive stat. Through seven games, we've given up eight explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Now, through eight games, we've given up ten. That is number one in the country also. Yeah, no, it's incredible. It just seems like there's so much consistency. Now I want to look around the Big Ten before we wrap up. Um, Did you happen to see the crowd for the Indiana Senior Day? Did you see? I did not. Oh, my God. It, I, I don't know if there was 5,000 people there. It was just wow. the stadium was just – it was empty. And it was Senior Day, and I, I – I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if Tom Allen can survive can survive this. Um, I wanted to ask you, did you watch any of the Iowa State game? I did not. I was involved with um, a post-game podcast. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I missed the game. I've, I've got it on tape. I'm going to look at it sometime. I watched a little bit, but the first time I turned to it right away, Texas is up, I think, 26 to 9 or whatever. Then Iowa State runs this play where the tight end slips out. What no not one Texas defender knew this tight end was it was similar to the Zach Ortworth play against um Rutgers and they scored a touchdown on it. It was a great play call. It, it just came down to Texas was just a little better. They're just I mean yeah. they I mean I thought Iowa State played hard. I thought they played well, but Texas is just, just kind of like what will probably happen in the Big Ten championship game. I mean, I'm not going to pick Iowa to win. I, I just hope Iowa's competitive. Iowa State was competitive in that game against Texas. But sometimes, Don, the other team is just better, right? And there's nothing you can do. Well, um, let's face it. If there's a huge disparity in talent, it's going to be hard to imagine that any series of bad hops with a football are going to go 
your way. They're good hops, of course, if they go your way. Yeah. I always like to say, you know, footballs do take funny hops. And for a, for a major upset to occur, it's got to be an element of luck in there, too. Uh, so those funny hops have to clearly uh, clearly favor the underdog in any number of cases over the course of a game. Uh, I won't say that we're decided underdogs. I guess you might say that. A lot of people would say that, that we're decided underdogs. But you're not going to convince our players of that. Yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, you know, yeah, the bottom line, you know, and this is what Coach Fry preached, and I guarantee it's exactly what Kirk preaches too, respects all of opponents but fear none. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't fear either one of those teams. We have great respect for them. Uh, but unless they're stupid, they should have great respect for us too. Because it's still a fine line between uh, being successful or unsuccessful on any given play. Mm-hmm. Football really is a game of inches in so many cases. It's also a game of funny hops. Uh, I'd like to think we'll have a little element of luck. That would certainly help us to be able to knock off either one of those teams. Uh, the one thing we can count on is uh, is uh, just a um, you know a, a mammoth effort on the part of our players to find a way to earn that win. Uh, we can count on that. Uh, will that be enough? Maybe, maybe not. We know for sure if there's an element of luck that favors us too, then we can absolutely pull it off under those circumstances. And so we'll hope that the ball takes a funny hop or two in our direction. And it just goes without saying, we have no choice but to go with a, a miraculous effort on the part of our players and coaches to get that done. Coach, I have one other question for you. Now, one of the differences in the, in the championship game a few years ago against Michigan is they pulled off a couple of exotic plays for huge gains. I think one of them was a touchdown. Can we expect to see maybe Iowa put in a few uh, a few exotics? It would not surprise me. We did run a reverse on Saturday, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, and listen, I remember that game very well, the Michigan game. I can't help but recall four exotics for 159 yards in that game. Mm-hmm. That's what those plays were worth. Um, and for that matter, we had an exotic early in the game. Yep. Uh, we fooled them. We didn't execute it as well as we needed to. It was kind of a, a tough angle from a throw standpoint. Uh, it was the, our equivalent of a halfback pass. Uh, we couldn't quite execute it well enough to make it count. Uh, but I like what, what we were thinking. It was early in the game, and we were trying to force the issue because we, we knew that Michigan team, I remember very well, uh, they had an amazing stat in their favor. They actually scored the first touchdown in all 12 regular season games. So I do remember uh, having that conversation with the coaches. We need to be move heaven and earth to score first in that game. And I don't recall that we did that. Maybe if we did, we, it was only a field goal. But I believe Michigan might have scored first, too, as I recall. Hey, what, um, what, go ahead. Uh, what'd you think of UCLA beating USC? USC is 7-4. and four. Their fans are not happy. They're getting ready right. to join, join the Big Ten. It's an interesting... Uh, interesting situation out in L.A. right now. Well, it gets back to the fact that you can have a flashy offense yep. all you want, but if you can't play defense, you're still rolling the dice. Yep. Uh, it's hard to always outscore people because sometimes turnovers uh, foul up that plan. And um, outstanding offense, but so what? If you can't stop people, good luck trying to outscore them every weekend because other teams uh, tend to have decent offense too. Yeah, Caleb Williams. I think he threw for 386 yards, and yet it just it just wasn't enough. 
Now, Oregon yeah. and Washington, their offense, I mean, Bo Nix's stats this year, he's probably going to be the Heisman Trophy winner either here Phoenix. But it's going to be interesting to see how Lincoln Riley navigates through the Big Ten because life will never be the same for those four teams now after this season. It's going to be a lot different. Well, for any of us, any of the teams. Yeah, but it's going to be the biggest change is going to be for the teams on yeah. the West Coast. I yeah. mean, it's it's going to be interesting. You, I mean, here's another thing, to, another thing to realize, too. Uh, my guess is – on any given year, each and every year, I'm sure we're going to make one trip to the West Coast yep. to play one of those four teams every year. Uh, and it looks like going forward, the plan is for us to play two a year, one here and one there. So we only got one West Coast trip per season. Is it hard to imagine that that those four West Coast schools will all have at least two trips to the Midwest or the East Coast? Oh, easy, yeah. Uh, on every year, maybe even three. I maybe don't know how three. the schedule yeah. That'll work out, but you can bet they'll have at least two trips, two lengthy trips, and that goes in addition to uh, non-conference trips that might also be be uh, some distance. One, so, and not to mention the weather in November. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit of shock to the system of those guys from Southern California. Yeah, because this isn't this is a fluke what's been happening this year. Before we wrap up, one of my favorite moments of the weekend though was looking at Nick Saban's reaction. Did you see the play where his quarterback, his backup quarterback? broke loose and was running into the end zone and dropped the ball before he got to the end zone and it ended in being a touchback or whatever. You know, one of those plays where they just, they, they dropped the ball before and Saban didn't go nuts, but the look on his face was like, you could, I mean, how frustrating would that be as a head? Did you ever have that happen to you, Don, where a player just, they nonchalantly dropped the ball before crossing the end zone? Never did, but I never, it came close a time or two. And of course, when you come close, you can bet you as a player, you can bet if your coaching staff's doing things the right way, you're going to hear about it. Yeah. You know, you're going, to, you're going to remind them. Here's a simple rule I always had. It's a good rule. When you score a touchdown, act like you've been there a hundred yep. times before. Uh, all you got to do, give the ball to the official and celebrate with your teammates. That's what you got to do because you didn't do that on your own. You had a lot of help from those other 10 guys. So look them all up and congratulate them on doing their job well. That's well said. Well said. Tom, anything else? Nope. Appreciate your time, Coach, and look forward to uh, talking to you again after hopefully another big hot victory. Always a pleasure, guys. All right, Don. uh, Hey, happy Thanksgiving. And and you do the same. We'll talk to you next Monday. Okay. Okay. I've dropped the ball on this show many times. That computer is voicing its something. It's loud. What is this? Isn't that the computer? I can hear it. Oh, yeah, I can hear it. It's it's, it's moaning over here. It's loud. It's, it's this one here, right? It sounds like it's in pain. It's, it sounds like a fire problem, alarm. Yeah, it, it's either Google <clears throat> downloading something on YouTube or because that's a, it can't be the hard drive because it's solid state. I don't know. So, but yeah, it's yeah. making. I couldn't figure out what the known. noise. I keep hearing this I buzz can't. in my. But and I finally realized it was the computer. Yeah, making its presence known. Yep. I can. We had. Uh, we had some technical difficulties this weekend. That's what we've heard. Yeah. And I was out here till 9 o'clock last night with those different... I heard the so. Hawk Fanatic Christmas basket came on Saturday. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, I assume it's probably gone. Uh, or no, is all the stuff gone? No. No, no, no. No, it came on Saturday. Just, you know. Well, that's two days for you guys to eat it all. Have you tried that fudge? Uh-uh. I my um my neighbor told me that he said the fudge was as he goes I couldn't stop eating it. Oh, good to know. Yeah, so but 
But yeah, I, I still haven't gotten mine. I mean, I'm like, I'm no, like one of. It's got good. St- I had. Uh, oh, Harry and David. That cookie. Yeah, those are good. I had like yeah. four of those one night. That <laughs> Harry and David though, that stuff, that's top notch stuff. It is good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. so. Do we need to take a break here? Yeah, or? Let's take a well, break. Well, we should. All right. Okay. We'll yeah. be right back. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. It's so easy. Just remember one number. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. Your FTD florist. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. Remember. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertin and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Don't wait for an emergency to get a backup for your car keys. Unlike the olden days, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's eKeys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys that are on the market today. For spares and lost keys, Mike's eKeys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, high security, and remote head keys. Mike's eKeys for Cars will keep you on the road. Call 319-330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Don't wait until it's too late. Call 319-330-9185 today. Hi, this is Jill Sterner with Sterner Taxidermy in Lone Tree. It's hunting season again, and I'm inviting all of you hunters to follow us on our Facebook page. You can view Dirk's award-winning artistry, his workmanship that he completes with each individual piece. We can be reached at 319-330-1774. Again, 319-330-1774. Earning $100 in free play at Wild Rose Casino and Hotel is as easy as one, two, three. Sign up to be a part of Club Wild and you could earn up to $50 in free play on your first visit. But it doesn't stop there. You could earn an additional $25 in free play when you come back a second and third time. When we say you'd rather be here, we mean it. Join Club Wild today, and you could earn up to $100 in free play. See Club Wild for details. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-1. Football fans, this is Bill Leichsenring of the Oxyoke Inn. We are on your way to or from the game. We're ready to serve you with the same quality food and customer service you've come to trust for over 80 years. The Oxyoke Inn is serving our famous Sunday brunch buffet with lunch, dinner, banquets, and carryout daily. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon in the heart of Amana. Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling, transforming your home into the space you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400 
4483. Let's start building your dream home today. Hawkeye fans, you love watching the black and gold. You know Hawkeye black and gold. As a Hawkeye fan, there are no better colors than the Hawkeye black and gold. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson. When you're buying, selling, or refinancing your property, consider the green and white team, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. The Sanctuary Pub in downtown Iowa City has been a fixture since 1972 and still features a classic menu such as the classic shepherd's pie, handcrafted pizzas, and craft beers and cocktails. The Sanctuary Pub is known for its warm and cozy atmosphere. That's the perfect place to spend time with family and friends while enjoying live music. Support great local food with socially distanced dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through Chomp Delivery. The Sanctuary Pub is located at 405 South Gilbert Street. Full menu options are online at SanctuaryPub.com. Come experience the Sanctuary Pub. You won't ever want to leave. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs, brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. When you go to a family restaurant, you want three things. One, a wide selection of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items. Two, you want those selections to be affordable and delicious. And three, you want to be treated like family. You get all three at the Midtown Family Restaurant. Breakfast items available anytime the doors are open. Legendary tenderloins, onion rings, and hot roast beef sandwiches. And special ribeye and shrimp nights. Daily specials at each location. And no matter if you're coming in solo or with a group of 20, you get the same special family treatment. The Midtown Family Restaurants at Court and Scott streets and at the walmart plaza on highway one west follow them on facebook or at midtownfamily.com the family's waiting for gt you. car owner of Supel's building and remodeling has been offering unmatched service and quality for over 25 years the trained professionals at Supel's building and remodeling will install and guarantee the products used in any job no matter how big or small they also stand behind their work and offer no nonsense exceptional customer service from design to completion and beyond whether it's a simple window replacement or a major house edition you'll have the confidence that Suples building and remodeling is committed to quality visit suples.net 
or call them today at 319-337-2246. If you're looking for a new or used car, truck, or SUV, you should know. Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the best selection and pricing on new Fords, Deary Ford is here for you. To work with long-term, experienced sales and service reps, Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the highest trade values, Deary Ford is here for you. To provide pickup and delivery and mobile service for our customers, Deary Ford is here for you. Hurry in or shop online at DearyFord.com. We bleed black and gold. We're Hawkeyes, the mighty 1630 KCJJ. And we are back. Are we back officially? Back. Back. That's good to know. Back. You got your phone in your hands, so you're ready to go. Uh, Tommy, I guarantee you that they shut down everything, and that's why you can't get in. Who shut down what? The 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 plus. Oh. Okay. They closed up all the things, and I'll have to go there, and it'll be this afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's important. Hmm. My Wednesday show. I can wait. Okay. Although it's nice. There you go. Let's take this important phone call, Steve. Hello. Hello. Hey, what is the purpose of running for a touchdown and dropping the ball before you get in the end zone? Well, I don't think they do it deliberately. No. I think they just stop. Miscalculate. Just, well, can't they see the line? You would yeah, think but so. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I can't enter the head of somebody doing that. But yeah, it's just a mistake. Well, I mean, I've seen it happen quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. And I just keep wondering, what the heck is with you? Yeah. I'd... It's a poor decision, for sure. Carelessness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody should kick him in the two-by-four. Well, they probably do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, like I said, um, I've dropped the ball on this program many times. What did What did you think of the women's game? Uh, Drake played the worst transition defense I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's true. I mean, their defense was just horrid. It sure was. And Iowa's wasn't much better at times. Not but, much. man, Drake's transition defense, I don't know what their goal was. And we seem to have each time we seem to have somebody that steps up. Now Molly stepped up. Well, Kate last night was terrific. Oh, yeah, and that, that's what I was going to say, Kate Martin. Yeah, 10 of, yeah. Oh, was she 10 of 12 from the field? Something like that, yeah. And that's yeah, something, impressive. Yeah. If we can get them all stepping up at the same time. Well, just blow yeah. the world. Yeah, it would help. It was nice to see Taylor McCabe hit those back-to-backers because that really got things going. And I wish Gabby would start to get strong again. Yeah, she's she's uh, hot or cold, that's for sure. Yeah, and then and then it kind of uh, she'll have a wide open shots, but then she's hesitant and passes off. Yeah, it'll be nice to see her get going. Yeah. And um, went to the wrestling, and they always say these things are sold out, but there were a lot of open seats. Well, I think part of that is, um, you know, the students are gone for... Yeah, I think that, and then I think companies buy buy certain amounts, and if you pick them up, you pick them up. Because I know my kid said he gets, he'll get his ticket from the place, and he said sometimes there'll be tickets left there that nobody uses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, let's hope for the best. Okay. Right. Always. We'll, we'll happy, see you. Happy Bye. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. God, there's uh, my Twitter feed is just 
Iowa fans arguing about whether Beth Getz should be fired, whether yeah. she's in over her head. She ain't going to be fired. People calling her a stupid, dumb blonde. Yeah, they but, wanted him out. I know. It's just so... I mean, it's the same people. Well, yeah. the people that are ripping her, I looked I looked them up. They all have. They all share similar beliefs. Trust me. They all come from a certain... I mean, they're pushing, though. She's a dumb blonde in over her head. They don't like the fact that a woman has power. And exactly. I, th- I think that can kind of tell you where they're coming from and a lot of their views. But they're saying that she's way less experienced than Gary Barta and Bob Bowlesby were when they took over. No, she's not. They hated Barta. Barta no. was at Wyoming. <laughs> Beth was at Ball State. I mean, there's not a huge difference. There's yeah. not a huge difference. They're very similar. Bowlesby was at UNI. I mean, but I just think a lot of these people don't like the idea that a woman is taking a stand. And that's those people need to get over themselves and, and catch up to the catch up to reality and time. I mean, times have changed. The, the women don't have to stay in the kitchen. They can no. make decisions. And like I said, I did not agree with doing it in season. I, I don't think, but she had her reasons and maybe she had somebody above her telling her to do it in season. If Barbara Wilson said, I want it done now, Beth has no, she's got to do it now. I think it would have been better to do it out after the season, but they have their reasons and I can guarantee you nobody on Twitter knows those reasons. The they only, can say they want no. Nobody in the Iowa media knows the exact reason. Now, I know there's supposedly some people in the Iowa media are taking credit for that. They put the pressure on Beth, and she's rea- – I mean, yeah, Beth's going to react to some media clown Listen, on Twitter. The I only mean, way that Barbara break. Wilson would get involved is if it's like a major donor. Oh, she was involved. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, these, I, that's what I would tell say, Beth, yeah. yeah. I'm guessing this was more donor influence. But it's so funny. Iowa fans have been bitching and moaning for the last two years about wanting him fired nepotism get him out of here he doesn't do it now she does it and they rip her and now all of a sudden she's a dumb blonde who's in over her head yeah i mean you just can't now of course this is just twitter too i mean i had somebody reach out to me saying that you know beth cave to the pressure of the the of the media and social media and i wrote back to this guy you're giving the media and social media way too much power and influence she Way did not do much. that, and if she did do that, then she shouldn't be their AD if she's going to react to what any of us in the media or any people on Twitter say. I mean, Twitter is such a small sampling of what is out there. I mean, you've even read, Captain. It's like 10th on the... It's but even Facebook doesn't define everybody. I mean... Well, that, no social media defines No, and, but the people on those platforms want to think that what they're, that they're, they're, ep, they're the epicenter of everything that's going... And they're not. Get over yourselves. For sure, yeah. Well, yeah. there's there's people that, uh, like, I won't name them, but this guy just jumps on everything. We've talked about him before. Uh, like, he, I got this tip. Well, Everything's there's some, like there's, uh, an inside tip that there's some people only in the media, gave to though, him. There's some people in the media, though, that just take themselves way too yeah. serious and think they are way more popular and powerful because of their interactions on Twitter. And it's, it's just a joke. It's comical the way things have become. Nobody in the media forced Beth Getz's hand. And if you're out there telling yourself that, then you're a fool. There, I'm off, off, I'm off my soapbox. Well, I, I can say this. Listen, I can talk politics and everything all I want. Uh, but I absolutely know that other than peaking curiosity, for some reason, people want to hear stuff they don't like <laughs> you know and you get that certain amount that listens longer if they don't like what you're saying than if they like what you're saying 
And I, just, I don't understand that, but it's true. But it's true. And so, but I don't think I'm changing. Well, I don't think we're swaying anybody's mind. political opinion. No, no. not at all. No, no about, you know, about anything. Yeah. You so know, when you think you are, you're you're off. You're just off. But when I heard that Saturday trip. that some people in the media are saying that they're the ones who force, I'm like, give me a break. God, but that's the world we live in now. I mean, that's just the world. We're no longer reporters. We're media personalities and media influencers. And the pandering that goes on Twitter, it's just, I don't know. Is there as much, is there the same pandering on Facebook? No, no. because most no. people on Facebook do use their real name. Because I had this exchange with a couple of people. And I was talking to John Wayne, Harry Carey, <laughs> and I finally said to this guy, "Dude, I'm not going to keep conversing with you." I mean, you're. And I looked him up. He follows like Cat Turd, and I'm like, "I'm not going to waste my oh, time." Oh no, don't not nah, Cat Turd. <laughs> I've actually seen Cat Turd. Hey, here's shocking news: Tory Taylor, Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. Wow, <laughs> how about that? Yeah. Hey, shout out to Tory Taylor. He and Deacon uh, were at the game last night. And they got a real nice round of applause. As they should. When uh, they were shown on the big screen. Tori's going to soak every last moment of this Hawkeye experience and more power to him. Cancer follows me. Why? Uh, I don't know why. Well, he follows thousands of people. But I mean, I don't He's really post. I don't post anything really on my real. You know, I post on KCJJ and KFMH. I, but I, don't. I blocked him yeah. two or three years ago. He's just an idiot. I don't read his stuff. I just like to see Captain. I haven't up. posted in Twitter for months. Yeah. I, I go there maybe once a week. I to just see get to kick something. these people, though. They post under just stupid aliases, and then they wonder why you don't take well, them serious. Yeah, I, I take Captain very serious. I don't at all. Like I said, I blocked, <laughs> I him, know what he I blocked him like two or three years ago. I, just I like, mean, he's just a Trump psychophant. That's well, what I, he is. Know, I just like seeing the cat turd come up on the feed. Hello? I've touched cat turd. You've what? And cat turd. I've touched cat turd. I have too. <laughs> and cat turd has touched me. Yeah, Betty. And dog yeah. turd. Yeah, hey, but... can we get back to Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Please do. I don't know if you guys have seen on Netflix, there's a great documentary on hypnosis, the um, album art designers. I have not. They did all, uh, did, they did all of Pink Floyd stuff, and they did a bunch of Led Zeppelin's um, album art, a whole bunch of stuff. And there's a bunch of interviews with all those guys, in, including Roger Waters, who's amazingly lucid. Um, and it's fitly recent. Oh, he's but, lucid still these yeah. days. He's just nuts. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean he's his mind yeah. is still very. Oh much. yeah, you can be lucid and be crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I listen to you guys for. Okay, well uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. I love your show. Thanks well, thank you. Thanks a lot. I had somebody come up at High V. It was actually a High V employee who came up and he says, "Pat Hardy," and I'm like, "Oh God," because you never know what that. And then he was he's like, "Man, I listen every. I love your guys' show." He goes, "I love the drifting." He goes, "Yeah, the Iowa football. That's fine if you can squeeze that in there." But I like all the other stuff. And I I said, "Well, thank you. I'll let the guys know." Okay, now the women's basketball tournament tournament from Florida that's being streamed on Flow Sports, Flow something or Flow Hoops or Kiss My Grits Flow. What about Flow Rida? Yeah, I like Flow Rida. I know you do. I. I like one song. I don't. What was that one song? Duh. Welcome How's... to my house. Yeah. God, I hate that song. The uh, humming is uh, is copyrighted. That's like 
<laughs> that reminds me of like that, that. What was that song by that band from years ago? You're unbelievable. I hated that yeah, song. I did too. EMF. Oh, God, it was so you annoying. You hate cancer and you hate unbelievable. And I'll stand by all that hate. <laughs> Sometimes hate is necessary. Hate is what makes Cat the world... Cat Turd a... was the lead singer of, of EMF. Yeah. I mean, I just... I mean, I don't have time for political sycophant influence of either side, left or right. I just have no interest in that. Well, I can't keep the... Uh... The crap uh, coming from Norton off uh, Twitter, so I would just post things and leave it. I got, I don't, I don't know how to stop it. Okay, back to Flow Hoops. How Flow Hoops? Yeah. Where do you get it? I mean, do they? Is it just like any other streaming service? You have to yeah pay for it. Yes. And do you know how much it is? No, but what about know. Flow Poops? No. That's the Gigi Allen um, app. Yeah, um, what teams are in this tournament? Uh, we might play Kansas State again if we both get to the finals, so that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, USC, I think, might okay. be there. Um, and then the men play Oklahoma. The women play on Thanksgiving Day, don't they? They do. And uh, then the men play... We play Purdue-Fort uh, Purdue Wayne on Friday. And don't the men play Oklahoma on... Yes. On what days the men? I mean, I think Fran's having. Um, a, I think Fran's actually having a press conference either, or a Zoom. I can't obviously be at it. I don't know if it's today or when. So the men play either Seton Hall or USC on Friday at five. But don't. When do they play Oklahoma? Um, Thursday. Okay. Okay. Hello. And that's at two. Hello. Hey. Talking about flow sports. Um. Flow Sports Service is $150 a year, and you get every sports that they cover. I have it because I like watching racing on it, and I'm, I'm going to be able to watch wrestling and the women's basketball game and all that on it and stuff. I mean, it is kind of expensive because it's a once-a-year bill, but it covers all kinds of sports. So you can't do a, a monthly thing? I do not know. I bought it for the yearly package because of the race and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I do want to see the games, but I'm certainly not going to spend $150 for for flow hoops. Yeah, you might might have to check into it and stuff. I know yeah. that, though, you know, because of my my association with dirt okay. racing, I kind of got into doing it. Well, that's stuff. cool. Okay, well, monthly... Uh, Subscriptions and flow hoops are twenty dollars a month. Thanks. I mean, I know that's not. I mean, I paid that for a Sam's pizza with no well, hesitation, but <laughs> it's just it's just different. I mean, that that's a pretty expensive monthly. So thing. that's like, uh, but if you know, if you're going to go to a basketball game, you're probably going to spend more than ten dollars for your tickets. If like if Ann and I, you know, does so. it have an app or you have to get it on your computer? I have it on my phone as an app. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the heads up. Yeah. Yep. No problem, guys. We'll talk to you guys later. Okay. I appreciate it. Okay. Good to know. Not much free sports out there anymore, except, Listen, for, except for Hawk Fanatic. We just got charged by Mediacom. We just went up from like 240 to 312, and I don't know why. Well, mine went from mine went up to almost 300, but then I called them and said, I'm not going to. 
I'm going to switch, and they now I'm down to 233. They gave me a two year well, rate, and but it took it took a phone call. Did I you had, call the customer retention division? Yes, or? and I'm just like I'm not. I think it went. They wanted 288 a month. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to do this. Well, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm not, uh, not going to spend that much. And so they took almost 60 bucks off because I don't think they wanted to lose me. I've been with them for 20 years. Hello? You know, Kirk is such a creature of habit. Have you heard much about what he does this week just because they got to travel a day early and practice, you know, with a Friday They don't game? really change anything. We still do the Tuesday press conference on the same day. He doesn't move that up. Um I I think yeah I think there's not a huge adjustment. Of course they there's one less day to prepare. They have the Thanksgiving meal and whatever. But no, we have Iowa players tomorrow at noon and then Kirk at three. So they've moved the times around a little bit. But that's because it, it compresses everything. And there yeah it compresses yeah. everything. But the players also aren't in class this week too. So that makes it easier. I mean, yeah, can I also assume that they've quit with uh, kind of high big contract uh, you know uh, contact drills. Yeah, there's as, as they get into November, there's not near as they don't practice near as long and near as physical. They just don't because you know bodies they need to preserve the bodies. But that's every that's every year. Most teams do that. It's kind of like that on Thanksgiving night in Iowa City. But boy, there's nothing to do on Thanksgiving night in Lincoln. I can tell you that. So. Well, well, I won't. There you go. I won't. The night before, so yeah. Yeah, I won't be there. Dallas isn't get Dallas is going to be in Omaha for Thanksgiving with his family, and he'll go over to Lincoln that morning. Uh, the morning of the game, and I'll be right. uh, and I'll be at home in the. Uh, me too. At the mothership, kind of watching over everything. I'll still watch and write stuff, but Dallas is actually going to be there, and he's actually going to the game with his brother, who's a Nebraska football commit, which is kind of a interesting position. All right. Well, I'll be there. All right. Go All right. All right. Go Hawks. There you go. Yep. Yep. Say something. So I am not going to Lincoln. I'm surprised you're not down with the women in Florida. I'm a little disappointed. In you we and looked into it. I'm sure you did. You it was $500 I a night care. for I, the hotel. I don't care. It's the Hawks. It's Caitlin. The plane tickets were incredibly okay, expensive. But do you know, okay, well. I paid $2,800 to cover the freaking Citrus Bowl. And the tickets were sold out in the Iowa section like a half hour after they went on sale. Okay, we were going to go visit the kids before yeah. the health stuff came up. And um, we priced Amtrak and airlines. Who came out cheaper? I would assume Amtrak, but you wouldn't be asking us. You so wouldn't I'll ask say the that, so the answer is airlines. Yeah, yeah. and much cheaper. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, I've never ridden Amtrak, so I don't know the prices. No, I think it was uh, almost $100 more. Really? Seriously. No, well, it would, no, I take that back. It was almost $200 When we've more. done it, it hasn't even been close. It was $800, and we could fly there for 6 something. Wow. $800 to go to Colorado on Amtrak? Yeah. Wow. That... Was that in a sleeper or something? How do they stay in business? Why would anyone pay that? The experience of the train, I guess. Please. I don't know. It was. Oh, no, the train's fun. Yeah, not at 800 bucks. it's not fun. Not I mean, when they derail. Tra- it's a freaking Luther. train. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I guess my definition of fun varies from a lot of, differs from a lot of people. Well, I mean, enough. if you, yeah, if, I mean, Jan wanted to go, but she said, no, not at that. Not at that price. But I don't even think traveling's fun. I I think it's a necessary nuisance. 
I mean, like flying and driving 10 hours. I hate the people that, oh, man, we've got a 10-hour drive. I can't wait for it. I mean, seriously? Well, that's the longest we've ever gone without seeing I don't like driving to Coralville. Kids. <laughs> no, you don't like driving. You, you have made that clear. You don't like driving to RV side. I don't like driving to here. Yeah, I know that. And God, today was a pain. I mean, I just I want to remind our listeners, it's 35 on Scott Boulevard, not 20 and 25. And those maintenance roads, what are those, 45? Is that the yeah, understanding, so even though they don't have signs? Yeah. It's not 20 and 20. I followed this car today that she didn't go above 25. And it was just, I mean, it was driving me nuts. I'm like, come on, there's 35. There's signs right there. And they just, I don't get it. Nope. I don't get going under the speed limit. That never has I, made sense. I don't get it. And to me, that's almost more dangerous than going five miles over the speed limit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because you get impatient and you want to yeah, exactly. crash into the guy. And <laughs> I wasn't getting him, but I, I, I stayed calm. I, um, um, but it just, I mean, it's 35 on Scott. At least go 35. That's all I'm asking. Well, what drives me nuts is on, <clears throat> on the highway or interstate when people, you know, go the speed limit on the passing line or lower that drives me nuts too yeah or people that get in right hand lanes and then don't turn when they have a left lane they get to go straight that drives me nuts too they get in the right hand they cut in front of you they speed up to get in front of you even though you're going to turn right and then they're going straight that just drives me nuts and that happened to me the other day i'm like it was so important for you to get in front of me so you could sit here in this red light i mean i don't get that either but yeah I'm going to get a Hummer one of these days, and nobody's getting in my way. Now, that's the, that could be taken a few ways. <laughs> that, it could. Yeah. That's, Let's not explore. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to go there. No, we really don't. I just wonder if the other person's... Oh, never mind. Never mind. Let's just pretend that just didn't even happen. Pretend we didn't go there. Yep. Well, I meant a vehicle. I, okay. I, that's well, what you I, weren't specific. That's what I assumed. I assumed, given the circumstances, that you meant a vehicle. You know how expensive Hummers are? The vehicle kind? <laughs> yeah. I heard 40 years ago the other kind you could get for 20 bucks. I, now it's like riding down crap. There you go. There you go. That's weird, though, because like I said, I've talked to people who say they ride, they go Amtrak to like Chicago to the north because it's it so cheap. It's almost free. I yeah. couldn't believe it. And it goes to Denver, and then you got to, you know, well, I'd rent a car anyway, uh, you know, if I fly. So it's $400 I mean, each? Yeah. That's just, how did, who would purchase that? I don't get. And we could get the tickets at that time. People are afraid of flying. Maybe. I guess, yeah. I guess you're right well, about those that. those planes are heavy. There's uh, really yes. no reason why they stay out there. Mm, physics. That's my Smarter people than us? Yeah, physics. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's more train train wrecks or plane wrecks. What do you think, stat-wise? Um, now, of course, question. the big difference is you have a chance of surviving a train crash than you do a plane crash. I think there you have more flights than you do yeah, trains. Oh, yeah, way more flights. Trips. Whatever you have, but... Yeah, no, I'm surprised that it's that expensive. I am too, because yeah, I mean, we'd go to Chicago, and it was especially when the kids Isn't were like they were less than hundred bucks. Oh my God, Amy's tickets were like twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah I mean, Chicago's not as far as. No, I, I understand that too, but but it's, it's not like twenty bucks as opposed to six or yeah eight hundred or whatever. That's I mean, that's I. What do you think Amtrak is from to L.A. from Iowa City to L.A.? Uh, I can only imagine. 
No, where does Amtrak, where would you, would you have left in Fort Madison? Isn't that where, where's the nearest Amtrak? Yeah, Fort, Fort yeah. Mount Pleasant. Or Mount, Mount Pleasant. Pleasant, okay. Mount okay. Pleasant. Okay. And we, yeah, we'd done that a lot. We took, uh, got at Mount Pleasant and went down to New Orleans on the city of <laughs> New Orleans once, and that was... Compared uh, to other forms of transportation, train travel is much more diff- dangerous than airplanes. Well, don't they say the same about driving a car? Yes. Because uh, they do. An average of 1.3 train accidents per year. Well, okay, here's a, this contradicts it. Yeah. What? Contradicts it says more plane wrecks than train wrecks. Well, again, I think it's because there's a lot more flights, probably. And of course, like I said, yeah. the big thing with planes is if there is a crash, good things don't happen. You're almost always dead. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, cars, and you can, there's more chance of survival. I think that's what's also in people's minds when they're trying to decide how to travel. But the 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 lesson here is just don't travel. Just what's that? Was it ac- what's that disease where you're afraid to leave your house? Acrophobia. Yeah. Just no, no, no. Acrophobia uh, is fear of heights. Fear of heights. Well, which I have. Yeah, I have that, I that big time. I got that. Big oh time. God, I I have that big time. I, I hate heights. I'm a little bit of an acrophobe as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. A, what is the one where you don't leave your house? Um. Let's see. What is that? Uh, yeah, I'm not. It's something that begins with an A, isn't it? Or am I thinking of the what's the thing where the fear of spiders? Is that what was that movie? Anacrophobia. Remember John Goodman in yeah. that movie? Yeah. Fear of leaving the house. Uh, agoraphobia. agoraphobia. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. You know anyone? But that I didn't it? want to say it because I might have been wrong. So it's, uh... <laughs> I do not have agoraphobia, but I there's times where I don't want to leave the house, and I do not like traveling. But part of the reason I don't like traveling, though, is just I've done it so much, and I've done so much of the same thing. Driving to West Lafayette and Bloomington, that's not the funnest thing to do. It's not, I mean, and after you've done them for so long, it just starts to wear on you. Hello. Okay, so Amtrak to L.A. from Mount Pleasant. Coach is 208 bucks, And then a private room is 653 per person. Mm-hmm. So then why is Denver 800 Two days, forty-eight hours. Okay. To get there. Why is Denver so, so yeah. much more expensive? What's that? I'm sorry. Why so is Denver? How much does it cost to, to go to Denver from Mount Pleasant? Uh, hold on, I get back into it. Amtrak agent Phil, everybody. Okay. Yes, indeedy. Denver, Denver, Colorado Union Station. So they feed you on Amtrak. Is there no. food? Well, there's food, but you have to buy it. Buy it. Is it good? Not bad. Is there booze? Sure. I did. I did. Leaving on the 9th of December, which is a Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, $112 coach, $345 private room. For it what? Takes 14, 14 hours. So, so to what where? were you looking at, Steve? I don't know. I didn't do it. Jan did it. Oh. And she was, and she wanted to go. On the train. So you said, how much is it if but just I, a normal from? Okay, but we were leaving uh, after Christmas over the uh, New Year's. Well, and that could that could be it. I mean, no, I don't know why it would it be up. four times that, but it could be. Yeah, I don't know if it'd bump it up that much. How much did you say it was? 
coach is 112. Okay, that's, private room is yeah. 345. Okay, that seems that more, sounds about that right. That seems about what I'm okay, used okay, to. Okay, but yeah. it, it, that's go, per person. Yeah. Yes. Per person. Okay, yes, so maybe sir. she was looking at a private room. That that's could still be. three only yeah. 345. It's not 800. No, that's per person. So it would be. Uh, so it'd be about six ninety, about seven hundred dollars for two well, people. Well, yeah. that's probably, and probably yes, at, yeah, and probably at that time of the year, uh huh, it would be a little higher. Because yeah, the coach. I mean, you can get up and walk around, and yeah, uh, yeah I wouldn't need know, a private. Wouldn't need a private room. Well, you got to sleep. It's fourteen hours. No, I want a private room. Well, la di da. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get one because you don't. You want it for cheap, and you're not going to. You know. You obviously don't want to pay the price for a private room. No. Okay. I don't want to pay sure, the price. Try to get them to advertise. I don't want to pay the price for anything. Try to get Amtrak to advertise, and then you'll do a trade with them. Hey. Thanks for the call, by the way. Amtrak wants free. We'll mention you on the radio a couple of times and give me a free year of travel. Yeah, I get those damn you know, little uh, C- CDs from Amtrak. Give it to us for free. Yeah. Everything's free. Well, everybody wants stuff. Don't you want stuff for free? So, what's that got to do with well, me giving mean, stuff to other people? So, you're <laughs> thinking you should be the only one that gets stuff for free? Yes. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. I was, you want, I was told that about you. Do you want an honest answer? <laughs> I want it for free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd love to get stuff for free, but... Hey, money for nothing. And the chicks, chicks for, for free. free. Terrible song. Terrible song. Great song. Eight minutes. One of the worst songs. <laughs> I was so disappointed when Dire Straits put that song out. Eight minutes. It's that long? Yeah. I don't think I've ever made it through. <laughs> what album was that on? Was that on? Wasn't on Brother in Arms, was it? I do not know. I don't know. Yeah, but I just, that's where he started to lose me a little bit. Well, remind- all the guitar players, we had, I think, three different guitar players and then never qu- quite had it right, I don't think. Our first guitar player was close. Hello. Hello. Excuse me. I've been to Denver twice on Amtrak, and you leave Mount Pleasant about six six thirty in the evening. And by the time you get to Nebraska, it's dark, so you sleep all the way through Nebraska. And when you wake up in the morning, there are the Rocky Mountains. Well, there you go. Yeah. And they they have a bar car. Yep. With with bigger chairs and sandwiches and stuff. And you remember you what you paid? To, Oh geez, it was under one hundred and fifty. Okay. Yeah, I but mean, you this, you had a coach. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I I can sleep anywhere basically. I slept in many an alley in college. So, <laughs> 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 but uh, the beauty of the beauty of going to Denver is they let you off right downtown. They do. Oh, yeah. Well, right. See, and then we got to make it to uh, Colorado Springs. Well, you get on. 25, you just rent a car and get on I-25, yep. you're yeah. there in 45 minutes. Yeah. Yep, almost exactly 45 minutes. Yeah, my buddy lives in Colorado Springs. Yeah, and it's it's uh, the station is a real nice, clean station, and it's right next to where the Rockies play, so it's kind yeah. of a neat area. Yeah, right where you're is. talking about. It is a neat area, right next to Coors. Yep. No, it is. Yep. Okay, okay guys. All right, thanks. Yeah. And it's close to the rental car place, too. How about the train scene in From Russia with Love where Sean Connery has the fight with Robert Shaw? I always uh, like the Great scene. where they have to climb up on the on the top of the train and start fighting. Like in the Polar Express? <laughs> no. 
They were on top did of the train. Yeah, I they didn't did see some... the Polar Express. Well, see, the, sh- main, the main thing about the train is it's a lot more comfortable than being on a plane. Oh, Planes well, are anything, anything horrible. Yeah. Trains are they're they're squeezing so much in now to planes to where you can barely move. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah, no. If I can avoid plane trips, I, well, we I will. went on when we went to Germany years ago. I mean, they they this plane was old and it had like you know uh, old TVs. Yeah, you know. Or, they said you want to watch a movie. So they have knobs that you. Had to turn. Yeah, just <laughs> <on>. yeah. U- <laughs> UHF loops. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, fourteen hours on a train sounds a lot better than the eleven hours it takes to, or twelve hours it takes to drive to Denver. I could, it is. I yeah. could agree a with that. More, we were yeah. more comfortable. Yeah, I would a agree lot with that. More. But yep. flying is what? How long is it? Probably two and a half hours. Yeah. Fly, maybe. Flying is about an hour and a half, I think. Is if you don't have to go through Minneapolis or I mean, yeah. if you don't have a yeah. layover. Yeah, and I had a cousin one time that took the train from Seattle to uh, Minneapolis, thirty-six hours on that train, and it cost more than a plane. So, go figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it is more comfortable. Well, it's probably pricing and time of the year and stuff like that. Well, I can I can stand any I can stand Seattle to Minneapolis in three or four hours on a plane. More than I could tolerate 36 hours on a train. Yeah. Well, it depends. if you have a cooler with you and have snacks and, and drinks, uh, I will disagree with you. Okay. Do they have <laughs> escorts? I don't know. Maybe. That's what those private rooms are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Happy later. Thanksgiving. Hey, did you guys see that Caitlin Clark's going to be on the 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 telecast tonight with the Manning Brothers for the Monday Night Football I, game? I did see that. She's a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, and I just saw Omaha Productions tweeted out, and they also got a picture of her when she's a little kid wearing Kansas City attire. She's a huge Pat Mahomes fan, I, so I had to have to check that bounce. out. Uh, we were ganged up on when we posted a Kate and Clark story. We were ganged up on by a bunch of just ridiculous uh, people on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I had to bounce like twenty of them. What, what po- story did you post? Just the whatever award she won yesterday or what she was in, <laughs> nominated a, for nominated yeah. for yeah yeah i mean yeah i got i've gotten bad i can't I, remember which i don't even put which those, award i don't even post those things there's just so many of them and i don't even post those anymore <laughs> well, we, you know there's just so many of them and i the preseason watch lists and yeah. i mean the, the semifinalists for this finalists for that I well mean, and these people weren't using their real names Oh, of course they weren't. Well, well, there's some people that just don't like her. I mean, there's people, I I don't get it why they, if you don't like her, then just don't pay attention to her. But why feel the need to rip her? I mean, I don't get it. But that's social media. Yep, it sure is. And that's. You see the NBC poll showing Trump's now ahead of Biden for the first time in the, but it's 46 to 44. There's a margin for error, but the fact that it's even close. Yeah, I'll never understand it. I don't understand it, and there's something, and I don't know that people can't see it that there's something wrong with him. Well, what the hell is he talking about golden showers for? <laughs> I mean, you want your president talking about golden showers? Well, it's the whole thing is, I mean, he. Why would you even bring it up? It was five years ago, and he says it didn't happen. Well, but why well, would I you bring, bring it up? It up? If, if it, it didn't up? happen, yeah, don't yeah. bring it up. Why? Yeah, 
Here he is. Go up and tell my wife it's not true, darling. I love you very much. It's not true. Actually, that one she didn't believe because she said he's a germaphobe. He's not into that, you know. I mean, they just slop up anything he says. He's not into golden showers, as they say they call. <laughs> okay, so it is funny. Okay, but uh, the best part of that—the best part of that, though—is not that he's saying golden showers. He's saying. This part, this thing, he she did not believe. So the other stuff, nah, yeah, there you go. But it doesn't move the needle at all. No, I mean, they, I no, mean, they're they're applauding they're, and there's nothing he can do wrong in their eyes. I mean, honestly, God, why would you even bring it up? I don't know. Because something's wrong with you. There's something goofy. But like I said, though, there's nothing he can do that's no. going to sway probably forty to fifty million people in no. this country. There's just nothing. I and this, and do I think Biden? No, I like I said many times. He's I hope eighty-one Biden, today. I hope I he's want not, somebody younger. I want somebody else. Yeah, but the Democrats don't seem to have anybody else. Well, Republicans don't either, really. I mean, they well, they don't, don't want anyone else. Yeah. Whereas de- a lot of Democrats want somebody else. Republicans are just hook, line, and sinker with Trump. Like I said, yeah. he could. I mean, they're they're he is their guy. Whereas Democrats want something like there's a lot of people like Tom that want some. Other Democrats. Well, I would that, like somebody younger too, but who are they going to, you know? Well, it's getting too late now. Yeah. It's only Get a year. There. Yeah. I mean, it's. Well, uh, I mean, we got the, the well, caucuses in January. He's 81, but at least he's not talking about golden, golden showers. showers. Right. Wasn't that a Beatles song? <laughs> no, that was a movie with Henry Fonda, wasn't it? Golden. <laughs> golden showers. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hey, good morning, gentlemen. This is John Ball. Hey, John. Never, John. Never, never Trump Republican. I No, I've told you guys. Now, Trump's not going to be the nominee, and neither is Biden. I'm, I'm just... Trump, I hope you're right, John. I but, don't believe yeah. those... I don't, uh, first of all, I don't believe the polls. I think Oh, I don't either. I agree I, with I you. I think uh, his support's a mile long and an inch deep, and I've told people that. And... Uh, uh, People, you know, honestly aren't really focusing yet either, if you think about it. This is November. They're going to get through the holidays. And first of next year, that's when people will start that's true. zeroing in on this. And I, I just think there, there's too much played to these polls. It's just like preseason football. I agree. Polls. I do it's agree. Just, you know, it's just ridiculous. And, uh, of course, it'd help a lot if the media would just quit talking about the guy. Yeah, they can't, sure though, would. because he pushes the needle. He's <laughs> well, sure John, I want to put you on the spot. You don't have to answer, but if it comes down to Biden, Trump is Republican, are you voting or not voting, or do you vote for Biden? No, I don't vote for either one. You just I, don't I'll vote. vote oh. I'll vote for, I'll, yeah, I won't vote. And if there's a third, viable third party, I'll vote for that. Would that but be, would you consider Kennedy a viable third option? Nope. Okay, oh, God, I'm with no. you. Okay. <laughs> Lord, no. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, no, you're... You're a Nikki Haley guy, aren't you? Very, very strongly for Nikki Haley. Yeah, yeah if she won, I wouldn't. It's not like yeah. I'd. No, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't think about it either. I I'll, wouldn't I'll think about it either. For her. Well, I think she's got some momentum that's coming, guys. Yeah, just wait and see. I uh, hope she, so, because DeSantis yesterday. He's a weirdo. Is asked about Elon Musk and his comment, you know, his, <laughs> and, and he won't commit. He said, I know. Well, I know it's, Elon. And he, listen, Elon came. <laughs> From a, they made their money off of apartheid. That's where that family money came from. Well, DeSantis won't rock knock him though because Elon owns the libs, and that's all DeSantis lives for. Yeah, I know. He doesn't really have any. He just it's all about owning the opposition. 
That's too bad. You know, that, I just, well, guys, I've, I'm holding out hope. I really am. The I, only I, polls I, I believe in are the radio ratings. Yep. <laughs> Locals love you're us. Num- you're number one. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> uno, numero uno. <laughs> you guys are number one in my book, I'll tell you that. Well, I hope you're right about your prediction, because I would prefer not Biden or Trump. Me too. In the election. And I think. I really think that when push comes to shove, that uh, hopefully the Biden family, me and his wife, will say, Joe, you've done the country a great service. Now it's time to step aside. Uh, I agree. What if it turns out to be Nikki Haley versus Gretchen Whitmer? Well, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, John, we'll cancel each other out in that uh, (laughs) scenario. That's right. It is. But again, (laughs) you wouldn't have to worry about either. I wouldn't give a second thought to who's president. Either one. Yeah, at least you'd have somebody credible, for God's sake. And, that's, yeah, that's yeah and, sentence, and not in Social Security. All right, John, i got to ask you, though, why do you think so many Republicans are still so devoted to Trump? What is it? Well, it's. I think it's a very small segment. I, I, I really... Uh, they haven't called me and interviewed me, honestly. Nor I, have I, I ever. I haven't gotten called either. Just Ramaswamy. You know, and, and, and I just... That's what, that's what... I don't know who the hell they're polling. This is the thing that always gets me. They say, oh, this is a poll of uh, 100 people or 200 people. Well, okay, who are you calling? What, what's your, what's your, how are you basing this? Well, now they're sure, saying, a, well, now they're saying well, that he's almost as popular with people 25 and under as Biden. Oh, I don't buy that. <laughs> yeah, I don't really either, but, yeah, I don't know. The polls are, it's just, I don't know. we got another year I, of this. I hope you yeah. are right, though. I keep my fingers crossed. I uh, do, because I, I'm convinced that we're, we're going to see a change. I, I really think well, so. Well, I hope you're right, John. Yeah, let's let's. I'll buy you. I'll buy you a steak dinner if I'm not. So. Okay. Well, okay. Huh? Well, well, why don't you just buy us a steak dinner? Anyway? Jo- Josephs, it is. <laughs> oh, I'm, well, I'm now you guys down. want Biden and Stop Trump down. to run, right? For your steak. <laughs> well, why does he have to? Why, why does he have to be right? How long have I known you, John? It's time for a steak dinner. How many steak dinners have you bought, John? <laughs> that's not. None. That's different. Again, oh, yeah. didn't we establish I, that I want things for free? Oh yes, I've known that since I met you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's yeah, okay. I, uh, chop house, fellas. I'll tell you, I'll buy I'll the chop house. I've never okay. been to the chop house. Is it good? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Yep, yeah. downtown yeah. Iowa City next downtown to the Angler, and the yeah. one in Cedar Rapids is great too. Is it too. cheaper than Joseph's? Deal. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, that, it's terrific. Okay, I'm a big chop. All right, gentlemen. All right, John. Day. Thanks, See you John. later. Bye bye. I've been to Joe. I mean, Joseph's is good, don't you? But you know, for a fifty, it should be. Well, yeah, it, and I mean, it for is. the price, it but more, it's good. I mean, it's more expensive than Amtrak. <laughs> than what? Uh, Amtrak. And it's pretty expensive. Yeah. I had a two hundred dollar gift certificate, and went there with one other person a while back, and we easily spent it. Easily. Easily. For two people. I know, but everybody. I mean, it's good. Oh, it's really good. Oh I mean, yeah, for sure. No, the food's really good. Yeah. And I'm sure the chop house food is really good. It's different, but it, it is real good. Did I mention on this show how, uh, uh, what is it, Scratch Bakery? What is that? Scratch Cupcakery? Or yeah, whatever. what is that? No, the the restaurant. I can't remember what it's called. Which restaurant? The one I ate, ate at that the steak was like a hockey puck. Oh, uh, just uh, the other day? Yeah. Cheddar's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, we've been through this. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, you, you're you're gonna give you're being s- like Bob and Tommy. You're doing retreads. You're gonna give him another chance. Well, it's it's no, 
You'll never go there again. I'll never go there again. No, Chop House and Joseph's aren't comparable. They're so? different. Joseph's is a uber high end steakhouse oh, and sure. other that... things. Chop House is more affordable, and okay. it's not as high endy. Okay. Hello. 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 Um, <laughs> not to get too meta, but I did the. I told Steve he was doing the Bob and Tom repeating himself thing earlier. Yeah. So you're repeating the thing that I was doing. Talking about his repeating, so okay. we're getting completely who, meta now. Who are Bob and Tom? Okay, there you go. Yep, there you go. I'm no, I'm sure. Well, first of all, one of them is uh, dead. Well, who are no, they? They're not dead. Oh, I thought one they're of them. They're the morning. They're the syndicated morning show on the Fox. Oh, I'm not gonna. Well, not? one of them uh, won't work with the other one. And he he only comes in when the other one's on vacation. Well, that sounds healthy. I don't remember Kid which Craddock one. Kid Craddock is the one who's dead, but they still call it the Kid Craddock Show. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what you're thinking. Yeah, he died like seven years ago. Yeah, they still call it the Kid Craddock Show. So. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. never. You still do the Suterman Show after you're gone, if you want us to. Well, if you're still around. <laughs> See, you don't, you don't know when I'm going. No, yeah. we don't. No? Yeah. We can call it Captain Stephen Anthony. <laughs> I guess you could. Yeah. I love that. Captain Steve and Mark Allen. That, yeah. time, that time I was at High V and this guy comes up to me. I listen to you and Anthony every day. You know what I'm going? Wow. <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> oh, anyway, we wow. should wrap this thing. Yeah, let's wrap it. We need Anything else, Pat? Mm, I'm trying to think. I'm wrestling one their home opener yesterday, 25 to 11 over Oregon State. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we is volleyball now ended? Is that season? No, nope, not quite. Uh, they've got one uh, last match against Northwestern. Yes, Northwestern on Friday. I'm just curious. Have they won a Big Ten match yet? And Wisconsin on Saturday. Have they won a Big Ten I, match? I don't, do not know. I hope. Hopefully, they can have a little success. I mean, that's got to be tough, man. Like you said, trying to rebuild a program. It's in a this, tough conference. It's a really tough conference, but. But no, everybody, well, we'll be back on Wednesday, right? Then yeah. we can yeah. wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. You guys doing anything for Thanksgiving? Uh, nothing um, way crazy. I can't, I mean, I just, I mean, there's just, I mean, the men and women both play on Thanksgiving. The football, I mean, this is just not a time to get away and be with family. There's just no time. I mean, I'll try to watch the basketball. Well, when my parents were alive, I would make a concerted effort to get to Des Moines on Thanksgiving and spend five, but it was always, I mean, now that, you know, my, it's not the same with a brother and sister. There's just not quite that pull. Plus, we don't all gravitate to Des Moines anymore. You're just Everyone afraid goes, that they're going to show the, the, the food that's in their mouth. Well, that very well could be. But everyone else kind of goes their own way now. But I, so like I said, it's just, this is one of the busiest weeks. This is a busy week. It sure is. And the Friday game doesn't make it easy. No, it doesn't. I'm not a huge fan of the Friday game. I know some people love it. I just, I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of it. But whatever. I kind of tend to agree with you. There's a lot of other things to complain about. So Yeah. All right, everybody, have a good day. Okay, hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.